Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I am so looking forward to our episode today, and I promise you, if you're visiting our show for the very first time, you are in for a treat as a first-time visitor. You are going to hear from an extraordinary individual that I will announce shortly, but if you're visiting our show for the very first time, and if and if you have been here, if you're joining us today, rather, because because you have heard of the buzz, then let me encourage you to visit our show site, the jmamietalkshow.com. There, I encourage you to plug, plug into our episode archive section. You're going to hear all of our prior episodes, and one after the other, they're going to deliver fantastic value and thrive-minded content to help you on your journey to thrive. And speaking of the journey to thrive, here we are, the first weekend in December of 2021, folks, and we are four weeks away from turning the corner on a brand new year. That's why I have been on a mission these last 12 weeks on putting together content that can help you thrive in 2022. In fact, my theme has been for this this fall programming season has been a thriving you in 22. So I encourage you to go back and listen to some of our prior episodes just from the last 10, 12 weeks alone. You're going to find the content to be incredibly helpful if you are intentional about thriving in 2022. That's what this whole theme has been about this fall. And by the way, if you haven't had a chance to check out my personal site, thejmamie.com, now's the time to do that as we're entering the holiday season. Boy, I've got sales happening on all of my books and training programs. And my recent book, Thrivology, is also a great gift for the holidays or for any time of the year, to be quite honest with you. The feedback I received from that book continues to encourage me to really help fill my heart with the understanding that I am on the right track, bringing value to people where they need it the most. So go visit my site, thejmamie.com, and have a chance to check out all of the other goodies that are available there. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You can go ahead and do that by just applying the at the J Mamie sign and you'll be able to track me down and follow me on all of those platforms. But let's stay in touch because I've got good stuff to deliver and I want to help you thrive in 2022. Speaking about that though, I'm excited about our first guest today because our first guest not only is a retired colonel in the United States Army, but he's a former commander of the U.S. Army in Fort Belvoir Garrison. He is also a motivational speaker. He's an American actor. Colonel Greg Gatson served the U.S. Army for more than 20 years as a field artillery officer. And he served on active duty for Operation Desert Storm Shield, for Desert Storm, Operation Joint Forge, Operation Enduring Freedom, and Operation Iraqi Freedom. He's the recipient of the Bronze Star Medal. Three awards, a recipient of, of a Purple Heart Award. But here's something also that, that's so encouraging and inspiring about this, this particular individual. He has a heart, and he's a true champion for the cause of wounded veterans. He himself is a wounded warrior. Above the knee, he's an amputee on, on both legs. And we'll have a chance to hear that story as well and, and how he's been able to turn that adversity around into a story of inspiration. 
But what's interesting also, and we'll have a chance to talk to him about this in a little bit later on in the show, but Colonel Gatson is the only individual who's won a Bronze Star medal, a Purple Heart, and he's also a Super Bowl ring wearer. And he'll tell that story of how that came to be. I'm excited about our guest today. I want you guys to buckle up because the knowledge and the wisdom and the love and the care and the experience that we're going to hear from Colonel Greg Gatston is going to be off the hook. And we're looking forward to his interview. Colonel Gatson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Colonel, before we dive into all of the goodness that we're going to dive into today with with you as our spotlight guest. I'd like for you to share a little bit about your story so that those listeners that don't know it get up to speed. Okay, well, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm I'm a career military officer. I served in the uh, United States uh, Army for 26 plus years, Um, graduate of uh, West Point and commissioned as as a field artillery officer. Um, um, as you can imagine, um, being commissioned in 89, um, you know, I, I saw a few deployments, um, um, along the way, uh, starting from the first Gulf War, um, with my final operation of deployment, um, uh, being in, in, a, in a Iraq as part of Operation Freedom during the surge. Um, uh, during that, uh, uh, during that deployment, I was uh, wounded severely, uh, ultimately um, uh, losing both of my legs above the knee. Um, um, but I was very fortunate and blessed to, to be able to uh, to continue um, continue my service in spite of those injuries for almost another eight years uh, after being wounded. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, so Colonel, early on, I know you went to West Point. In fact, me and my son visited West Point early on when he was deciding where to go. And it's a funny story, Colonel. He he was at uh, ROTC, Air Force ROTC in high school. We go to West Point to visit that as a place that he may be interested in going. And then he springs on us that, Dad, I don't want to go to West Point. I don't want to go to the Air Force. I want to be a Marine. (laughs) So all of a sudden, you know, he... Thinking, we're thinking that he is heading towards the Air Force because he was a uh, he was a leader in the ROTC. Then we visit West Point. He says, you know, I want to be a Marine. I want to join the Corps. So that's where he ended up, and that's where he he did his career. Um, but where did you find in your life early on that you were going to commit your life to a life of of service? Well, Jay, you uh, you you give me way too much credit. You know, um, I, I'd say the folly of youth. Um, uh, um, certainly uh, challenges us all. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was honestly recruited to play football. There, I wanted to, my plan in life was to was to, uh, to get my education and be a professional football player. And 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 to do that, I needed to play Division One A football. I needed to play college football at the highest level. And it looked like that was going to happen. I even had a commitment uh, for a scholarship offer from uh, the University of Virginia. But at the last minute, uh, they literally uh, um, uh, changed their mind on, on, on giving me a scholarship. I was uh, absolutely crushed, didn't have a plan. Um, a college uh, football recruiter from Army or West Point came to recruit 
not me, but someone else at my high school, and my coach uh, suggested that they take a look at me, that I, you know, I might be a, a good fit for them. And, and so I took um, – I never heard of West Point. I never really understood what it was. Um, mm-hmm. I went up to West Point, um, and, uh, and the only question I asked was, did, did they play Division One football? <laughs> and, they said, and they said yes. Yes, now, exactly. Um, now I did, I did, um, quickly understand that, um, that my pro football career was, was not going to happen. Um, but I guess I kind of went there with a little bit of something to prove, like with a chip on my shoulder, if you will. And, uh, because I was going to prove that I could play football at the highest level. And that was the only reason why I went there. Um, I was, I literally was like, I'm going to come here, I'm going to play football, and I'll figure out the rest later. Um, you know, just to fast forward, I, I never planned on making the military a career. Um, we have a five-year service obligation upon graduating from West Point, and, um, and my motto was five and fly, so I was going to do my five years and, and, uh, and see what was next. Um, but I fell in love with being a soldier and uh, didn't quite – I, I liked what I was doing. I liked uh, the sense of camaraderie and teamwork. It was it was much like being on a football team in a, in a lot of ways. Um, um, and and I just and and it wasn't until I got to year thirteen where I thought I would really go to uh, go to twenty. And um, I got wounded at seventeen and and ended up uh, going to twenty five or twenty six. So. But one of the things that your teammates back in West Point have said about you, which I, I have to believe it was one of those ingredients that you carried over in service, was they said that you were a natural-born leader, that you were a leader on the field. It was obvious to them that when you stepped on that football field that you just had everything it took to be a guy in charge. And then you obviously you brought that over into your military career as a colonel leading a number of different battalions and so on, did, did you find the similarity that the leadership you developed in our last minute here, the leadership you developed in at West Point on the football field, how big a role did that play for you when you started to serve in, in your Army career? Um, well, you know, I, I wish, you know, in a lot of ways I wish it was, um, you know, I say that, that, that clear cut. You know, I, I never thought of myself as, as a leader. I mean, I was mm-hmm. a very undersized football player. And so maybe what that developed in me was a work ethic um, um, uh, and a sense of accountability. And so I would tell you that th- those, uh, that sense of responsibility, that sense of accountability certainly um, um, was a consistent thread throughout progression in the military. Um, you know, uh, you know, you hear all the time um, people say lead by example, and and mm-hmm. and I, I and I hear and I go, well, what does lead by example mean? What does that really mean? And and it really stumps a lot of people. And I I, I said I'll tell you what it means. It's about leader. It's about leading by character. Um, mm. And, and and that's what you're really doing. And, and so um, I think uh, the consistency of, 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 
of of being my best and playing hard and just leaving it all out there is is probably this you know the the common thread of of how my leadership at West Point and on the football field the gridiron transferred uh, uh, to my uniform service. You know, one of the things that already I can I can tell about you, Colonel, is you have a great sense of humility, and that there is, is a highlight of a leader. That's someone who has leadership qualities all, all over them, and usually a leader doesn't identify themselves as such until someone else points it out. Those are the ingredients of a good leader. When we come back after the break, I want to dive into adversities because you've had your great share of adversities. You've come out on the other side. I want to talk about what that means and what you find out about your inner power along the way, and we'll tackle that after the break. Hey, this is America's number one debt buster, Murray Bullier, and let me ask you a quick question. If there was a way we could eliminate all your debt in as little as one-third to one-half the time without changing your lifestyle, cash flow, or budget, would you like to have a discussion? If you're in the financial services or real estate profession and you'd like to have another tool to have more conversations to help you do more of what you already do without losing your focus, isn't that worth a call? We've saved over $2.2 billion in interest for our clients. Let's have a conversation to see what we can do for you. Hey, everyone. This is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. What's all the buzz about nasal irrigation and navage, navage, navage? And should I try it? Here's the science. Airborne germs invade through your nose. It's the body's air filter for trapping allergens and viruses. When your nose gets clogged, it's less effective and germs multiply. Eventually, your immune system can get overwhelmed and you get sick. Nasal irrigation is an effective, all-natural way to clean your nose. It's not a drug. It's more like plumbing. Saline goes in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out mucus and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. It's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage pulls out the bad stuff so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. At Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and Walmart. Or go to Navage.com for a free gift with purchase. Over 2 million sold. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Diving deep right now with our guest, Colonel Greg Gatson, about adversities. And, Greg, we left the last segment beginning to tackle adversities and how sometimes adversities in our lives, they serve as the catalyst that reveals our inner power through, through your adversities. And, uh, again, you, please elaborate on that so that people really get a chance to understand what we're talking about here through those adversities, what inner power did you find was your inner power and, and is their inner power still being revealed to you today? Well, I, you know, adversity is uh, first of all, sort of a description. 
And I think a lot of times uh, we tend to attach a emotional content to, uh, to that adversity. I mean, you know, when you're dealing with adversity, the adversity itself doesn't say, doesn't announce itself. And, and, and adversity is really um, what I feel is, is really, um, it's really about your life experiences. And the, the, and, the, and the greater your life experiences, the greater your spectrum of your life experiences, it tends to, it tends to lessen the adversity. Um, you know, I was blessed to have two parents um, born in the 40s, born in the Jim Crow South of South Carolina, um, who, in my opinion, you know, faced adversity every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, they lived mm -hmm. in a society that, that, that didn't value them the same, you know, uh, the same way. And so um, I think what that instilled in me early on, you know, as they passed those experiences on to me was that I could overcome, uh, that I didn't have the, the right to give up. Uh, I didn't have the right to complain, and so, um, and so as a young, you know, as a young man growing up, you 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 kind of accept it, and 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 again, know and believe that you can you can overcome, and and so, mm -hmm. you know, what some people define as 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 adversity, I I like at this point in my life, I just say it's a challenge. It's just just it's just something. I don't have to color it. I don't have to attach emotion to it to get it through it. It's just life. And, um, you know, uh, Jay, I, 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 I frequently will, when I'm talking to a, a group, is I'll say, you know, raise your hand if you've had a bad day. And, and of course, everybody raises their hand. I go, and so who told you it was a bad day? Did the day announce mm. that it was a bad day? No. Mm. And, 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 and you know, and when we empower that bad day, we sort of give, we sort of, we sort of uh, give into it. We sort of make an excuse to to give in instead of, you know. In, in my opinion, is is okay. It's a challenge, and so it's a time to grow. It's a time to to improve. And so, um, um, I'm not saying bad things don't happen because they do. But but what emotion we attach to them uh, often, um, you know, uh, decides on how we're going to approach it. And, and um, again, um, you know, as, a, as an athlete, I, I, I say, you know, you can make a play and you can hear the crowd roar. But you've got to get up and play that next play. You know, life mm -hmm. doesn't stop. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop. And so, um, you know, that's where, that's how I sort of uh, developed an approach to life. You know, you know, sport has given me a, 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 and my upbringing has given me a lens that has allowed me to sort of kind of process things and just kind of understand that, you know, it, it, nothing's promised. Nothing is, there's no, there's no entitlement in this life. Now, I like what you said early on about running into the danger or the rabbit hole of labeling something in adversity. And, and it was brilliantly put when you said, did the day tell you that today was going to be a bad day? 
and obviously it did not. It's just the way that we labeled the day. How we label an experience is how we're going to react to it. So I like the way you put that. But in the course of the challenges that, that you have faced, all of us find out a little bit more about ourselves. You know, there's, there's things that we only know about ourselves when we go through some things, right? Well, and everybody goes through some things. But I think it's one thing to go through something and come out on the other side not having an awakening as to who, now, who you are now as a result of that, that thing that you went through. The, the Greg Gaston today is not the same Greg Gaston that he was 2006, 2007. What has the last 14, 15 years taught you about who the Greg today and how that Greg is different from the Greg 20 years ago? Well, uh, it, it, is, uh, it is really, it continues to humble me. It, contem- it continues to um, uh, remind me of how blessed I am. You know, I, I, I can say um, emphatically that I know that tomorrow's not promised. I mean, I know what it is to, to understand what death is. Mm. And, um, and so uh, I, I, I live today, um, I live today to, to be present. I live today to be my best. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can do those things, then I can be at peace. You know, I, I, I you know, you left it all on the table. And mm-hmm. so um, the, the Greg Gatson today is not looking over the horizon, not wondering what's in store for me around the corner, but really appreciating the journey that today has for me. And, and you know, you know, Jay, it's it's sort of like, you know, I met Lee Barnes. Lee Barnes is, and, and Lee talked to you, and, and so we're here. Right. That's right. You know, that, that, that's being present. That, mm-hmm. there's no, the fact that you talked to me and said, Lee Barnes, that was all you needed to say. We didn't mm-hmm. have to court. We didn't have to, you know, that was it. You know, you got me with hello. And so, um, I, I think that's the real kind of uh, growth or where I reside. Um, um, I, I can tell you that I smile a whole lot more than I ever smiled in my life. Um, All right. Yeah. So, so uh, that's um, that's been um, you know that's that's where I am. So one of the things that I'm always interested is how do people overcome, not only myself, but I know there's so many out there that have faced these difficult times like you did. And just to take it back a little bit, you found yourself when the IED went off and and a few days later, you're in intensive care, you're at the hospital. And a few days after that, decisions had to be made to amputate your legs. But you found yourself at 148 pounds. You were a lot heavier than that before the accident. Both legs below the knee are amputated. You have one arm that at that point was rendered useless because it's, it's stiffened into place. But the neurologically, at that moment, it's stiffened into place. So now you got one arm left. 
And you said at that moment, you fell into a dark place. The reality of what had happened to you hit you like a runaway train and you fell into a dark place. What had to happen in you for you to call what I, what I have declared a, a personal rescue mission? What had to happen in you for you to call a personal rescue mission? Well, Jay, uh, again, uh, I appreciate it. I I say, um, you know, every day we get a chance to work on who we are. Every single day we have an opportunity. I I consider, you know, whether it's a, if you're working on a habit, um, you know, ultimately our habits become our character. And so, um, you know, I, I say quite simply for me, it was, it was literally this moment where I was, uh, I, I, did, I didn't want to participate. I didn't want, I didn't, I couldn't see a future. I couldn't imagine a future. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be a burden on anyone. And so uh, I, I tried to give up. I mean, I tried to quit on myself. And, 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 you know, it was sort of like looking in a mirror. I wasn't a quitter. I had never quit in my life, and, and, and quitting, as bad as things were for me, quitting was worse. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, 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 I say it was my character that wouldn't let me quit. It was just, I, you know, I'm like, Gosh, what you, you know, God, why are you doing this to me? I can't even quit, you know, and, and, uh, and when I wanted to, I just wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard you say that that was a major turning point in your life because you, you went into this place where you just didn't feel to an extent that it was worth continuing to live under those conditions. Uh, you went into that dark place, as I spoke about. The challenge with that is... When you stay too long in that dark place, it has greater negative effects. So what, would, what advice would you give to someone who may right now find themselves being in a dark place? Maybe they're a wounded veteran too, or maybe that, God forbid, down the road. You may, whenever this hearing, uh, the replay of this show is heard by somebody else, they're in a dark place. You've been in a dark place, but what did it take for you in your own mind and in your own heart to say enough's enough. I need to get out of here. And, and what did it take to get out? Well, I, I, Jay, I, I think that the getting out was really, um, um, it was, it was about staying present about understanding that I wasn't, this wasn't going to happen in the day. And I just needed to be my, I needed to be present and be my best. I, you know, um, I love this question because, for me, my legs were gone. So there was no, there was no value in looking behind. Like, like I wasn't going to get better. My legs were not going to heal. They were gone. And, and guess what? I didn't have a blueprint of what my life or what my future was going to look like. It was – and so all I could do, all I could manage – was just being present. Let me mm-hmm. just let me just be where I am, and and then if I get a tomorrow, then I'll deal with tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. So being present 
sometimes is the best thing you can do to get out of that place that is uh, pulling you down into the depths of despair. Just be very present. So I appreciate that. In our last minute here, um, uh, Greg, what motivated you, though? Because once you got back and in and, and, and shape, you lobbied to go back into service in one form or another, having gone through what you just went through. What, what motivated you? What inspired you to go back into service in our last 30 seconds? And we'll pick it up on the other side. Well, well you know what? I, and so it gets, to, it, it gets to about being my best. I was motivated by, um, by I, I, I still had the heart of a soldier. I, and, I, and, 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 I, and I wasn't defined by my missing legs. I was defined by who I was. And that's what inspired mm. me. I was like, I still want to consult you. I still want to soldier on. All right. Well, I appreciate that. When we come back after the break, I want to talk about leadership because that is one of the hot topics that you speak about. I want to dive into that, and we'll knock it out after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want you to know that my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course from Novice to Ninja, now is available. If you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, or have a sales-oriented career, and if your skill sets need improvement, if you are struggling with the areas that matter most, how to convert someone from a prospect to a customer or a client, then your sales skills need to be improved. Go visit thrivesalesmastery.com and learn more about this fantastic course. Okay, I'm totally into this glow stick. I'm a 51-year-old who could never lose weight. But what if I told you one stick a day could melt the fat away? Well, I was shocked when I lost 9 pounds in 13 days and 2 inches off the waist on an all-natural plant. First time in history with clinically proven results for sleep and weight. Results may not be typical, but for me, I was super excited. I want to be your independent lease ambassador. Contact me for a free stick today at glowbylee.com. DACLB 26616. It's Randy from the On Time Experts. I need you to help me find someone in our area in need. Someone whose AC and furnace is barely holding on and worried about winter. This year, two families will receive a new heating and air system for Christmas from us. Tell us their story at theontimeexperts.com. Let's warm up someone in need. Merry Christmas and God bless. Celebrate the holidays at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Discover covetable gifts for everyone on your list from luxe sweaters, occasion-ready dresses, statement outerwear, and more from $14.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more. For your dough on stand mixers. Mm. Or get more. For your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more Cyber Monday Rewind the Clock deals. Cyber Monday prices are back for one day only. Get more and save more on premium brands with eBay's Can't Miss Monday deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. Celebrate the holidays at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Discover covetable gifts for everyone on your list from luxe sweaters, occasion-ready dresses, statement outerwear, and more from $14.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. 570 AM, 96.3 HD2. That's where you'll find us. News and information. KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We're having a fantastic conversation with Colonel Greg Gatson. We're going to talk to Greg about leadership because that's one of the things that, uh, that he's known for and he speaks often about. Uh, Greg, I, I want to ask you a question about alignment. And what I mean by that is how can an individual or a group or a company who has the intention of thriving in 22 – Everybody's thinking about 2022 right now. Well, how can that group, that company, or that individual thrive when they apply the principles that you often speak about, which is pride, poise, and team? Well, uh, so, um, I appreciate the question, Jay. The, um, for me, uh, I, 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 have to give, uh, I have to give credit for, uh, to my, my college coach, Coach Jim Young, who, who kind of used those as a cornerstone for building a, a, a winning program uh, uh, at, at Army while I was there. Uh, you know, pride, uh, what pride translates, we all understand and appreciate that, you know, you're proud of your, your community, your church, your school, or your, your company you work for. We understand that, that sort of intrinsic feeling of pride, but, but pride is about self-accountability. Um, and, and what he wanted and what he instilled us is, is um, I, I touched a little bit earlier about being our best, about being able to be our best and, and able to be our, our best selves. We have to be present. We can't be holding on to the past. We can't be worrying about a day that we're not promised. And, and so um, that's what pride is, poise. Um, poise to me uh, translates to, to character. You know, what kind of character do you have? Do you, do you do the right thing for the right reason all the time? Or do you, or are you, uh, are you, um, do, do you do what's convenient? And, and what's, and, and, what, and really what's critical about character is that it shows up in your character is what shows up in the tough moment. And so that's why it matters. And, uh, and then team, um, you know, we can think of the, the acronym together, everyone achieves more, but it's, it's a group, it's an organization that understands that, that, that team matters, that everybody uh, deserves dignity and respect, and that, there's, and that there's no person on a team that's more important uh, than the other. And, um, and if you can live that, not just, you know, not just, you know, talk the talk, but walk, uh, walk the talk, walk the walk. Then, then you get yeah you get a you create a special environment and and so my my goal whenever I was uh, responsible or in charge of an organization was to enable everyone in that organization to so not not you know your 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 mission is not to make me look good your 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 goal is to be your best self and um, you know that's what um, that's what I think. You know, teamwork is about. That's what I got from the gridiron. That's what I got to experience. Um, you know, um, in the in the military. Now, one of the things you said there about team, I think currently today, it's probably the crux of an organization or an environment that is struggling or or having its challenges of unity, where one person or group of people they do think and they do believe that they're better than the others, and if a team is going to win 
no one person can think that they're better than the others. Because otherwise, you start to create not only a sense of resentment and bitterness, but you don't find alignment with people that think that they're better than others. And that environment, that group, that company, that organization is never going to thrive when that stuff is festering in that group. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, and what you have is you have inconsistency. You have inconsistency mm-hmm. of, what do you call uh, you say character or, or um, uh, performance. Yeah, and performance. Right. Yeah, right. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander, or you know. So that's you right. Know, do as I say, not as I do. And mm-hmm. those are mm-hmm. all simple things that, at the end of the day, undermine an organization, under, undermine um, you know what people are trying to uh, accomplish. Now you've led organizations, you've led uh, groups, you've led a number of battalions when you were active in service. Uh, from a leader standpoint. As a leader that that you are and continue to be, here's a question that that I I think most people would want to know. And and how do you take a group of individuals who carry their own diversified histories, diversified points of views, multiple belief systems, and, and different work ethics? How do you take a group of people like that, brother, and mold them into a fully united, aligned unit? How do you do that? Um, you care about them, you love them, you respect them, and uh, you challenge them. You know, uh, a little simple example I like to use, sometimes people will come up to you and say, you know, hey, boss, what do you want? What do you like? And I, I, I'm like, well, it's not about what I like. It's what, what should we be doing? My, my counter is what should we be doing? What's the standard? And that's what I want. And that's what I want you to hold me to the standard because I'm going to hold you to the standard. And, and it's not about this journey, this organization. It's not about me. You know, every military unit has a mission. And it has leaders, but the mission is why you exist. You know, I like that. So, so the mission is why you exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't ever make it about you. I like that, brother. Every mission Every group has its mission. And, and, if, and, and part of bringing people in alignment is helping everybody stay focused on the mission. I think if that is where, if anything else is done, is keeping people focused on the mission, by default, by default, you'll have alignment and you'll have unity because everyone's focused on one thing. So I appreciate your answer. I want to turn the corner a little bit, though, on things in your life that at this point, you, you've lived a good life. You've got a lot more to go, brother, right? But what have been some of the most proud moments in your life thus far? Well, um, you know, I'm very proud of, of my family and, and you know, what, you know what we, where we've come from and what we've overcome. I'm talking about, you know, um, you know first from my parents. And, and um, um, I, I think the, the number one thing is, is my family, is my wife of – 32 years and, and, um, All right. and my, and my, um, and my kids and I'm now a grandparent. Um, All right. So, uh, um, I, you know, I live for them. And so, um, I'm proud of my, my friends and my relationships to me. Uh, my Angelou said it best. She says, people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. That's right. And, 
And I, I think that's, that's how I would describe, hopefully, you know, my military service, my service to my fellow man was, was through what I was able to, you know, what I was able to, how I was able to touch people, how I was able to lead people. In another area of service that many people don't know about, they don't know about this, uh, Greg, you actually today still, but for the last 15 years, have been part of that motivational program for the New York Giants. And you were there when the Giants beat the Patriots. The Patriots were undefeated back in that year, in 2008. You were there when the Giants beat the Patriots. No one thought they would. You gave them a talk. Uh, either the night before or the day before the game, and the results were obvious. The results, obviously, we know now they went on to win the Super Bowl and beat the undefeated Patriots. I think a lot of people want to know, what message did you share with them that got them so fired up that they went out and played a spectacular game? Well, um, the, the journey, you know, started before. They started up the, uh, the third game of the season. Um, a, a West Point classmate and a, team, a teammate of mine, Mike Sullivan, um, who, had, who had come to, like many of my uh, classmates and friends, had come to visit me in the hospital uh, after I was wounded and, and while I was recovering. Well, he, he, um, he came, and, um, and, and so what was, what was amazing for me was that he left um, – um, with some some sense that I might have something that I could share with with someone, and um, and that was um, and so the the Giants that season, and if you recall that '07 season, they started out 0 and 2. They they played horrible the first two games, and and they mm-hmm. were coming to play the Washington Redskins for the third game of the season, and and uh, my my classmate teammate who was the wide receivers coach at the time for the New York Giants asked asked me if if I would address the team and um and I I said sure I mean I never you know talked to any groups outside the military before that and but he asked me to do it and so you know I and I had to kind of figure out what I was going to say I didn't talk to him very long and and what was really kind of uh, interesting about it was this was the first time that Coach Coughlin had ever had anybody outside the Giants organization or family even talk to or even address the team. He um, he uh, was very um, he coveted that um, that responsibility, and so he he and, and he didn't know me from Adam. He, he mm. but he trusted Mike. He trusted Mike Sullivan, and, and so and I, I shared a lot of you know in a, a very condensed manner what I'm talking about today today with you you know, about pride, poison, team, and really instilling in them that um, um, or reiterating to them that, you know, this, this game is, is one, one play at a time. It's, it's fighting for each other. And, and anything, any, anybody outside of that, anybody outside of anyone on that field is inconsequential. I, it's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, being on a deployment. When you, you know, I love my country, Mom and dad and apple pie and all the things that, you know, um, America stands for. But when you're out there fighting, when you're out there on those battlefields, um, you know, halfway around the world, those things are the furthest thing from your mind. You, you, you're fighting for your brothers and sisters. And, and, that, and, and that's what I kind of shared with them in a nutshell. And, um, and so they, uh, they were able to win that game against the Redskins, and, and they ultimately went on a, 
on an 11-game road win streak, which culminated with them winning the Super Bowl against the undefeated Patriots. Um, I, I got a chance to be with them on the sideline for the, the playoff game in Tampa. I missed the I missed the playoff game in Dallas because I was uh, in, back in the hospital for some follow-on surgery. Um, I I went out with Harry Carson for the um, as an honorary co-captain for the NFC Championship game in Green Bay, third coldest game in NFL history. I'm two days outside out. I'm two days out of the hospital. It's hmm. 33 below zero, and uh, you know we won that game in overtime, and then. And then we uh, went to the Super Bowl, and, and, and Coach Coffin let me um, uh, share a few of my thoughts the night before uh, the Super Bowl with the team. Well, Colonel Greg Gatson, we appreciate you being on the show. It's been an awesome time having a chance to hear not only your story, but your message and, and your life journey so far and how it's impacting and will continue to impact the lives of so many others around the world. I want you to know that we're going to have you back uh, again, because we're going to talk more at that point about what we can do in the U.S. to really appreciate and stand beside the wounded veterans, because I think there's a lot more that America can still do, but there's a lot more that America still needs to understand about the plight of wounded veterans. So we're going to have you back to, to really share your thoughts on that in the future. But we appreciate being on the show, brother. Absolutely, Jay. Thank you for what you're doing. It was uh, it was actually a pleasure uh, talking with you. I appreciate your your thoughtful questions and engagement, and, and um, it was an honor to be with you today, this afternoon. Thank you, brother. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Have you gotten behind on your personal or payroll taxes due to COVID-19? I'm Adam Cohen, Tax Resolution Manager at Jack Lauderman CPA. The collection arm of the IRS has resumed enforcement action. You may have received demand letters threatening liens or levies. Our firm specializes in resolving complex tax problems. There are options available. Go to txcpaoffice.com and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's txcpaoffice.com. Have you ever felt that in trying to grow your business, you've turned yourself into the world's number one pinball? Bouncing from thing to thing, trying to score some points without falling down that black hole looming below you. Problem is, reaction mode is not a sustainable business model. It's not a sustainable life model. I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. If you want to learn how to be in charge so that you can take the actions that get you the results you want, reach out. I'd love to talk with you. Find me on LinkedIn or at conqueryourbusiness.com. Do you like taking your car to a shop for maintenance or repairs? Huh, are you kidding? Exactly. That's why people all over Dallas are using RepairSmith. RepairSmith will do all your car maintenance or repair in your driveway, safely, with no contact. RepairSmith works on my car at home? Anything your car needs, oil change, battery replacement, or brakes, you name it. From regular maintenance to major repairs, RepairSmith will do it all at your home. What kind of cars? All of them. RepairSmith has specialists for every make, year, and model of car, foreign or domestic. Expensive? No. You'll pay the same you would at a local shop. There's no fee for coming to your house, and you even get a guaranteed quote before you book. No surprises or extra fees. Life just got a whole lot easier. To get a free quote or to schedule at-home car repairs, go to Repairsmith.com and enter code QUOTE. That's R-E-P-A-I-R-S-M-I-T-H dot com code QUOTE. Repairsmith.com code Q-U-O-T-E. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. 
I wanted to share a few thoughts today on our show as we wrap up here because we are now entering, officially entering the Christmas holiday season. Today is the first Sunday in December and, you know, people are out there uh, gearing up for the holidays and Christmas and the whole the whole experience has begun. You know, we've just had uh, Cyber Monday and we had uh, Black Friday and Super Saturday and, and, <laughs> and all the gimmicks that are out there in order for people to go shopping. And I get it. That's good. Go out there. And, in fact, let me just say this to you. If you are intention, if you if your intention is to purchase gifts for people, I, I want to encourage you to support your local business person, your small business uh uh, person, the owner of that small shop or who offers goodies and offers little trinkets, support that person this year because I do believe that there's nothing wrong with shopping at the major brands and, and we all do as well. But I think there's something to be said about supporting the local business person, giving them a chance to have a successful uh, season where it, it could make a huge difference in that business owner's life. Uh, and I'm a big supporter of big business, uh, of, of small businesses rather. So I want to encourage you to do that as as we are entering the holiday season and the shopping season. Uh, show them some love, folks. Show those small business owners some love. But I wanted to share with you that it, it's it's been one of the most popular and, and common images during the holiday season. And it's been that for a long time, right? The image of cookies on a plate and a glass of milk left by by the Christmas tree for for St. Nick to enjoy and, you know, children from around the world who celebrate Christmas, they get excited about leaving a snack for good old St. Nick. Uh, kids, even at, at an early age, unbeknownst to them, two, three, four, five years old, they begin to practice this principle of being prepared for receiving something good by leaving those cookies as a token of appreciation to Santa for visiting them, right? You've done it. I didn't do it. Uh, we didn't, I didn't have any cookies. We didn't eat cookies at home, but we, you get the picture. However, the snack on the table, it represents so much more than a thank you for anticipated gifts, right? It's a thank you. Thank you, Santa, for bringing me these gifts. That's sort of the, the mindset and the reason why kids do that. But I submit to you that it represents Way more than that. In fact, I I say I submit to you that it represents three very powerful lessons that anyone can learn from and implement as they pursue personal growth, uh, development, and better living. In fact, it represents the lessons I believe of expectancy, gratitude, and preparedness for success. So if we're going to talk about a thriving you in 2022, let's take a a look at at the idea of leaving cookies out for Santa uh, as a lesson on a grander scale of expectancy, gratitude, and being prepared for success. In the first of, of this message, and if I don't get a chance to finish it in this show, we'll pick it up on the next one. But let me talk a little bit about that, the lesson of expectancy, You see, the reason why kids leave Santa a treat is in direct response to expecting that Santa is going to show up at some point throughout the night. And the expectancy of something good that he's going to leave behind. You see, kids don't second guess whether or not he's coming or whether or not he's leaving something behind. They don't second guess that. I mean, their five senses tell them that Santa is coming. So they believe and expect him to. There's, there's something to be said about that. When you completely are sold out 
to the expectation of something going to happen, you react, respond, and treat it as if it's already been accomplished. It's already been done. What you've expected has already manifested. Kids teach us that. They teach us that. See, everything in their surroundings during this time encourage them to expect that they're going to get a visit from Santa. There's no second guessing. They know this for sure. They may not necessarily believe that they're going to get exactly the gift they're hoping for, but the mere fact that Santa will pay them a visit is enough to motivate them to get the cookies and the milk ready. They expect Santa is going to give them something of great value. That eager expectation of what the next day will bring to them What that next day will bring to them in a sense of an experience, it's more that they can bear. That's why kids can't sleep at night on Christmas Eve, right? It's this great expectation of something awesome that they're going to wake up to. So consider this. Would these children bother with the sweet treat at all if they did not expect an overnight visit from Kris Kringle? Would they even bother with it? If they expected nothing to happen... If they weren't not anticipating something good to occur, would they bother leaving the cookies behind? Absolutely not. See, as adults, the expectancy of great things to come is what should motivate us to take action in the anticipation of its arrival. So you don't have to see it to believe it, as I've heard one person say, and I've heard that line in in many movies. You don't have to see it to believe it. You have to believe it, then you're going to see it. Well, isn't that the same thing of having a great... Uh, expectation of something to come and, and the anticipation of its arrival to the point you get so giddy and excited and it's not even there yet? That's what kids do on Christmas Eve. That's what the cookies are about. See, when you expect that great things will happen in your life, here's what you do. You start getting ready. My wife is someone who has an incredible amount of faith uh, a belief in in the manifesting and uh, the belief in the manifestation of what she's anticipating to the point that every single time that her and I have had a uh, we've made a decision to move, the decision to move was an initial decision made and she started packing right away and we didn't know where we were going we but by faith she packed with eager anticipation and excitement of where we were going to live next. Me, I was the other way. I, I, I wouldn't start thinking about packing until I knew where I was going and what it looked like and all the details, not her. She got the boxes ready and she would continue to practice this principle of getting boxes ready long before we figured out where we were going to move. That is having great expectancy, great anticipation for the great things that are going to happen in your life. So you start to get ready before before time. Does that make sense? You start to prepare before what happens. You see, if you expect to lose weight, then you start looking at clothing and the sizes that you're going to wear one day. You don't wait till you lose the weight to look at the clothing. That's an anticipation. That's a joyful expectation of the things that are are going to to come. If you're expecting to go on a great vacation, then you start pulling out the luggage bags already. If you're expecting a positive change in your circle of contacts, in your relationships, then here's what you do. You start polishing your mannerisms and vocabulary long before those relationships and those contacts manifest, before they appear. You polish yourself. If you expect that your life will change for the better, then here's what you do. You start to list all the people that you're going to share your story 
and your ideas when your life does get better. You polish that story. You list all the people you're going to share the goodness in your, uh, of your testimony long before your life changes. Here's the bottom line. Your actions will always reflect your level of expectancy. Let me say that again. Your actions, what you do on a daily basis, how you behave, your disciplines, your approaches, your conversations, your language, it will always reflect your level of expectancy. If you have great expectancy, if you have great anticipation for something's arrival, then that great expectancy, that great anticipation, it has to be met with the equal and appropriate action as if it had already happened. Some people call the law of attraction. I think that's fine, but I just think that if you've got something great that you're expecting, if you are anticipating something to happen in your life, then long before it arrives, you have to have equal and appropriate actions in preparation for its arrival. Those, that's one of the lessons that kids can teach us when they leave cookies for Santa on the table. Folks, I'm excited about the fact that we've got four more weeks to wrap up this year and continue a theme of thriving in 2022. I appreciate you listening to the show today. Make sure you come back next Sunday at 10 a.m. on 570 KLIF for the J. Mamie Talk Show. Make it a thriving week.